Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3, Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est bon, c'est le dégât ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, driven to be different. La Vida TV, embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Monday, October 9th. It is 10.01 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm going to be with you till at least 11 o'clock right here on the sick podcast you are watching live on youtube you're watching live on facebook you're watching live on twitter today is a very very big day for the sick podcast it's a very very big day for all of you montreal canadians fans because of course and now we know who is starting the season with the montreal canadians and wow now we know who is playing with who? All right. Okay. So let's uh, get to it. The sick podcast, of course, brought to you in part by La Bitta TB, brewed in Quebec, the winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TB, embrace your true nature. La Bitta TB, embrace your true nature. Speaking of which, on Saturday, I was at the IGA DDO, uh, Marche de l'Ouest, uh, and um, I was there with uh, the people from of course, the Geloso Beverage Group, and we were promoting Labit at TB, and the cases were flying off the shelves, and people were coming in, and they were taking pictures, and I'm even quite embarrassed to say that I was giving autographs. It was kind of cool, but it was kind of funny at the same time, but it was just more so a chance to meet with everyone who listens to the podcast, who watches the podcast, who talk to talk a little sports with them, to talk Montreal Canadiens hockey, of course, 
It was a blast, and I'm going to be doing it again in a couple of weeks, this time at a different location. The next one is going to be in Laval. The Sick Podcast also brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different and the Sick Podcast brought to you by Playground. WPT Global is coming to Playground for the must-play poker event of the year. Over $2.3 million in guaranteed prize pools, including a $1 million guaranteed main event. Playground's WPT Global October Million Poker Series from October 6th to 13th. Visit playground.ca for details. Without further ado, let's bring in our guy right now who's a regular collaborator, of course, on Monday nights and will be throughout the entire hockey season. Eric Engels of Sportsnet, sportsnet.ca. What's going on? What's up, Tony? It's been a busy day, man. It has been a busy day. All right, okay. So uh, I think the Montreal Canadiens took some people by surprise, maybe some not by surprise. Eric, based on what we've been talking about, I don't think they took you by surprise. But still, until they do it, uh, they still kind of take you by surprise. So yesterday, there were two players who were um placed on waivers and i think that uh, surprised a lot of people and let's bring it up when the montreal canadians tweeted it out yoel armia is one of them and we have it here uh, the canadians placed forward yoel armia and defenseman gustav lidstrom on waivers and that was yesterday afternoon at 1:59 p.m. and that had a real buzz going and then earlier today the Canadians sent a couple of players down to the Laval Rocket. Let's see when they sent that out. That was at 10.30 this morning that the Canadians have uh, loaned Emil Heinemann and Matthias Norlander to the Laval Rocket. They're, they're saying loaned nowadays instead of sending down. But anyway, long story short, uh, they're with the Laval Rocket. So when all is said and done, we now have our lines, which the Montreal Canadiens made official. Let's bring them up as well. First, we'll start with the forwards, then with the D and goalies. Suzuki with Caulfield and Josh Anderson has the luxury of starting the year on the number one line. Doc in between Slavkovsky on his right and Newhook on his left. Monaghan with Gallagher and Pearson. Evans is in between Harvey Pinard on the left and either Yelonen or Pozzetta on the right. On the fence. Matheson, Savard, Gouli, Kovacevic, Jackeye, Harris, Barron seems to be your seventh. Your goalies, Alan Montambo and Caden Primo. All right, okay. Let's leave the forward lines up for a second. Eric, we'll start with Yoel Armia. Or we could take the forward lines off if we want to bring him back. Let's start with Yoel Armia. How surprised are you, even though it's something that you suggested, uh, I think a couple of months ago, that the Canadians do? Yeah, I was kind of suggesting it throughout camp. And, um, I think we know the reason, right? This is this is about culture. And when you go out of your way to remove Mike Hoffman from the team, to not sign Jonathan Drouin to return, to move Rem Pitlick, um, and create more of a meritocracy and culture that you want to have kind of inhabit the Canadians, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily send the right message to hang on to Yoel Armia with other players knocking on the door. Now, the one thing that surprised me is that I didn't think Heinemann, although Heinemann did improve as camp went along, mm. I didn't think Heinemann or Yelonen, like to me, it wasn't just about the doors open, walk through it. 
the door's ajar and you need to kick your foot right through it. And I didn't see either of those players do that. So I was skeptical that they would follow through on waving Armia, although I did believe that at one point or another, it was going to go down that road unless Armia started to really pick up his game. For Heineman, I thought it was too little too late. If he would have played uh, with the same intensity at the start of camp that he showed on Saturday night, then I think he probably would have made the team. Look, I, I sat down with Marty St. Louis today for a one-on-one, and it was an illuminating 40 minutes that I spent with him. And I'm not going to spoil too much of it because it's only coming out uh, in the morning. It's illuminating. Um, but some but some of what is omitted from that interview that will run at sportsnet.ca tomorrow morning, uh, you know, Marty really liked Heinemann's camp. Uh, and he liked the fact that it picked up and picked up as it went along. And he saw a physical dimension outside of the ability to just put the puck in the net because here was a player that recognized what chair was actually available to him, right? It wasn't going to be the one next to Caulfield and Suzuki, but lower down in the lineup, if you don't have as many opportunities to put the puck in the net, you have to be delivering something else. And he did with some body checks as the camp went along. I think it's going to be really good for this kid to spend a few weeks in Laval uh, and get the ice time and the touches that will enable the puck to go into the net when he shoots it so that when he does get into a chair here in Montreal and is potentially in one that's a little lower down in the lineup, Mm -hmm. he can actually capitalize on it. And I think, you know, Yelonen, you know, his experience last year definitely gave him a bigger body of work to judge than just training camp. Yeah. And that's why he remains here. I I think the Canadians definitely didn't want to expose him to waivers. I I wondered aloud myself as to whether or not it was all that relevant. I think we saw a lot of good players pass through waivers and go unclaimed. I didn't believe that Yelonen would be claimed. And I'm not sure that the Canadians would have been losing a primary asset if for whatever reason he did get claimed because they have a lot of players knocking on the door like Heineman. So His contract's attractive, Eric. It, it, it is, for sure, and I'm not denying that. I'm just making the point that yeah. the prospect pool has become deeper in terms of players that can play in the NHL and make a difference. I mean, we saw Joshua Wai, and everybody should agree that he needs time to learn the professional game and and continue to grow and become a more complete player before being a full-time player here. But I don't think anybody would be surprised if he plays NHL games this year. And when you have guys like him and Heineman knocking on the door and some Mm -hmm. other players we saw in camp, frankly, that showed very well, I wasn't sure that the Canadians were all that concerned. In the end, Yelonen sticks, Armia goes down, and um, I think you're serving that culture pretty well of telling guys, you know what, if you belong here, we're going to keep you. It doesn't really matter what your contract is. And um, that was proven kind of over the offseason and reinforced with the move with Armia and, and keeping Yelonen and Heineman and Norlander. Mm-hmm. Went like those guys are, they're going to be here this year. There's and it might be soon too. Let, let's talk about the number one line because it was one of the big talking points, of course. And has been uh, for for about a month now. Who is going to play with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield? And uh, I think you can attest to this. You and I had a good conversation about a give or take about a week ago, as a matter of fact, I believe. And I said, Eric, this is the way I see it going down. I believe the Canadians, we we're going to see a bunch of players that are going to move around the lineup this year. But I believe the plan for that line is going to be we're going to see Sean Monahan play with them for the most part when they play at home. 
And when they play on the road, it's going to be Josh Anderson. I think um, you concluded in the end that you thought that their line mate would be Alex Newhook. You correct me if I'm wrong. And it's still very well maybe because Marty St. Louis said something today about Newhook that he's there on that line, but he doesn't know how long he's going to be there. Uh, So St. Louis obviously has a few things in the back of his head. So let's go back to Josh Anderson. Out of all the players in camp, does Anderson deserve to start with Suzuki and Caulfield? Does he deserve to be there? He had an excellent camp. Like he had an Josh excellent Anderson camp. Had, a, had an excellent camp. Um, is he the best possible fit with those two players? He's a good one for several reasons. And I think a lot of people don't believe that based on what they've seen in the past from those three players together. Mm-hmm. But I asked Marty St. Louis, and not in our one-on-one interview, in the scrum today before we had that interview, what has changed in Anderson's game that could give that line a new look? And Mm -hmm. he feels that Josh Anderson's decision-making without the puck, his reading of the game and being in the right places instead of just using his speed and skating to get to whichever place he thinks he should go to, uh, has evolved. And, And that could give that line a different dimension and different look this year. I like when I look at the lines and we discussed this when we were thinking about them throughout camp and when, when we last put them to paper and, and mm-hmm. tried to go through that exercise, like, yeah, a lot of coaches like to say, I, I have a lot of different options and we're going to use them. This one really does. And one of the things he said to me, which I think is true mm. is everything I tried in camp. Was there anything that didn't really work? And I said, not really. Like, I didn't look at something and say, well, that, that's not going to work. And he said, well, I could assemble four different lines right now, and you'd probably have the same answer. And I could see that. Like, you and I went through that exercise. We you, we each assembled a set of lines that were different from each other and different yep. from the ones that he's assembled for the first game of the season. And we could both see why it would work. And we both had evidence throughout training camp as things were attempted and tried that it did work. Now, it becomes different once the regular season unfolds. I also think, you know, starting Anderson, uh, I, I could justify, and we didn't talk about this specifically, but I could, I could think of a lot of reasons why the lines are assembled the way they are going into that first game in Toronto. Uh-huh. And Anderson has killed the Maple Leafs every time he's played against them in recent memory. That's one reason. Another is, they're a very deep team and a very strong team up the middle. And I think Sean Monaghan's value up the middle to the Canadians helps. I think what Marty said about playing Alex Newhook on the wing and alleviating him of those responsibilities to start with, just so that he can feel good and get off to a fresh start is something. And another subject that I broached with St. Louis, which will be in the interview tomorrow is mm-hmm. everyone will look at Newhook next to Doc and say, okay, the complement of skill and speed and uh, goal scoring ability and, and you know, they, they play at a, a similar pace is going to help Doc. Mm-hmm. But I think a big reason why he's there is because he thinks the game at the same speed. And I can't say the same thing of Slefkovsky, although he's clearly improving. Uh, but I think it was going to be important to allow Doc to play with somebody next to him who thinks the game similarly and can play at the same speed. And I asked both those guys about that today. And Doc said, you know what? Me and Alex Newick grew up together a little bit in Hockey Canada, and we know how each other likes to play. And uh, 
they like the opportunity to play together. So we might see that stick for a little while. All right, Eric, full transparency here. Something extremely weird has happened in the last four or five minutes. That's never happened to me before. Okay. You're a little frozen, right? Yeah. Okay. Does that happen to you too? Why don't I close this window and reopen it? Uh, okay, you can try. Yeah, because so I hear you loud and clear, but you froze up on my screen. And so I had to ask if you actually saw me and if people can see me watching right now on YouTube because I don't even know myself. Right now, you're the one who's frozen to me and I'm moving. So let right me. Now, yeah, right now we're both frozen on my screen. Okay, I'm coming out. Yeah. I'm back in. Maybe you should do the same. All right. Okay. So you know All what? Right. Maybe Master Control, Agnello, Sammy, Juliana, and my buddy Shane uh, can actually give us, I don't know, like a 20 second countdown and stuff like that so we can both get out and then both get back in. Why don't we try that? Okay. <laughs> You can even watch back, giving players all the props, or put them on blast. We don't give no hot takes, only talk facts. We're giving all our devotion, riding high on this wave of emotion. Going all out, yeah, cause this is our time. No, we no stopping us till we reach the finish line. All in, we came in a When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All there right, there you have it. Okay, okay, there we go. Okay, so okay. it's working now. All right, okay, that's much better. So you're moving, and I, I, you know, the screen had jammed up, and I'm like, I'm listening to everything Eric's saying, but I'm, is this actually going over the air or not? But anyway, I think it was working, but just you're better to be safe than sorry, especially when we're going to go on. Where, where we stopped, where we wrapped up was basically the fit yeah. with Luke and Doc and the yeah. kind of cerebral connection that could happen there and not just the physical skills. Yeah, you know, as um, it, it's funny though because there's there's a lot of things that a lot of people thought may have happened which didn't happen. At one point in camp, we thought that Anderson and Slavkowski were going to be on the same line, uh, both wingers, but on the same line. At another point, we thought that Doc and Monahan would be on the same line because Monahan could help Doc in the circle. Uh, at another point, we thought that Monahan was probably going to be the winger for Suzuki and Caulfield and, and those three different scenarios that we just had talked about, 
None of them actually came up. None of them happened. It's pretty funny the way things work out. You know the you know the one that surprised me the most? Let's if we can, let's try and bring back up the lines sure. if we can here. The one that surprised me the most today is where Harvey Pinard finds himself. Tell me why. I mean, we saw him and Gallagher play together at one point, and I think that's something that could have been interesting, especially with a guy like Monaghan at center or even Evans in center. Um mm-hmm. You know, he throughout camp was in a higher slot, not only than the fourth line, but in yeah. the third or the second or first. I think I'm resolving it in my own mind in two ways. One is that Harvey Pinard, if you look at this board and have to choose one player who's going to move around it more than anybody else, I think it's him. He's kind of what Gallagher was for years. When a line needs a spark, that's a guy you're going to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could play him up and down this lineup, and you could play him in different roles, penalty kill, power play, all those different things. Um, the other thing that that I have in my mind is mm-hmm. when I asked Marty St. Louis what role he envisions his fourth line playing this, this year, he said, mm-hmm. you know, you want them to bring energy, be able to turn the game on a given shift, but that's kind of the bare minimum of what you expect from them now. Mm-hmm. There's going to be more balance and and – uh, he's a defensively responsible player. So is Yalone and so yeah. is Evans. Um, they're going to be able to take some pressure off. So is that line yeah. between Monaghan, Pearson, and Gallagher that can get a lot of D-zone starts and take the pressure off Suzuki and Doc in those departments. I, I mean, I see a lot of balance in this first iteration of the lineup, but again, yeah. this this thing is going to change so much. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's, like, it's going to change a number of times, but I want to bring back up the lines one more time here so people can actually see them when we're talking about them so they can understand, but they can visualize it, okay? Yeah. I'm going to tell you what I think happened with the third line. You're probably going to disagree. It's going to make for a great podcast. I think Pearson and Gallagher got the whole veteran respect treatment. You're veterans in this league. You've earned the respect. I don't want to insult you. You're going to be on the third line. Pearson more so than Gallagher, I think, was given that because he could have easily been on the fourth line. Gallagher, I think, merits third line more than Pearson. But, Eric, I wouldn't be surprised that a couple of months into the season, RV Pernard jumps Pearson and Yelonen jumps Gallagher. It's less of a chance that Yelonen jumps Gallagher than I think RHP jumping Pearson is. But in my head, I see both of them happening. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, I also think, though, that Gallagher and Pearson as a set of wingers could even fit better with Evans than they do with Monaghan. And I think Monaghan could could probably benefit from the speed and youth that Harvey Pinard and Yelonen bring. Now, the Canadians... I totally agree. That's why I think they were put there out of respect. I also think they're put there because the Canadians are going into Toronto. And Toronto is a deep team that has a lot... They're a lot to handle. And to have those three veterans together and know that you can put them over the ice for all kinds of on the ice for all kinds of assignments um, or feel comfortable with all three of them on the ice and the details in their game against pretty much anybody on Toronto is probably a factor. Um, if, point, point well taken because let's not forget that Gallagher played a 200-foot game when he played on a line with Phil Deneau and Thomas Tatar 
And basically, Monahan's doing going to be doing what Deneau did, and Gallagher, to a lesser degree, yeah. will be doing what Gallagher did. And Gallagher may not score on the same level, and I think we're all in agreement that it's really far fetched that he'd be able to moving forward. But he's a very reliable player. You know exactly what you're going to get from him every single night, uh, from a bare minimum standpoint, the effort. Mm-hmm. But he does have the details in his game and can play a grinding style of game that you want to see on a third line and so i just think if things take off for them against toronto and they have a great game okay you might see that stick together for a while but this is you know when marty says i have a lot of options available to me you can mix this picture up a hundred different ways and still end up with something that people would look at and say this this still makes sense like and i think that's kind of the difference with the canadians this year not only because they're a year older and a lot more experienced and, and are mo- much more familiar with his concepts, mm-hmm. um, they're healthy. <laughs> they're healthy right now. This actually looks like, you know, I think there's some fans from other fan bases who want to rip on Montreal and would say, this isn't an NHL team. This looks a lot more like an NHL team than certainly the one we saw. It definitely does. And playing most of last season. You know, we brought up Emil Heinemann's name early on in this conversation because, of course, we brought up the tweet from the Montreal Canadiens where they sent them down to the Laval Rocket with Matthias Norlander. But I'm going to tell you this. Um, I take a look at the bottom four. Evans, Arvi Pinard, Yelon, and Pizzetta. And I take a look at the bottom five. I'm going to add Pearson to the list. I think Emil Heinemann can belong in that conversation any day of the week and twice on Sundays. And once again, I'm going to reiterate what I said. If he would have started the camp the way he ended the camp, I think he would have been on this team. Now, I asked you about Josh Anderson, and you said, well, he had an excellent camp, uh, but it all depends on whether or not we're talking fit. And I get that, and that's also a point well taken. But if having an excellent camp means that you deserve a candy, and the candy's going to be to be on the first line. Josh Anderson fully deserves to be on that line to start because I thought Anderson's camp was amazing. I thought Anderson was really, really good in camp. It's the best hockey I've seen him play since he scored 27 goals with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I realized that we shouldn't get carried away with preseason. But you know what? Veterans usually, some veterans take preseason off, and the fact that Josh Anderson was this good in preseason and his wrist shot, his wrist shot was so much better, too. Um, he deserves it, man, to start anyway. Yeah, and I like his chances of starting well. Like I said, he's crushed it, crushed it every time he's played against the Maple Leafs for a long time. One last thing to say about this whole group, which um, no mm. one's really talking about right now, because I'm sure Yessi Alonen feels really good about being up here. And If the Canadians remain healthy, yeah, this thing's going to change again when Christian Dvorak comes back. And let me tell you something. Christian Dvorak, who isn't supposed to play before November, yeah, has been practicing in a non-contact jersey since the beginning of camp. Which would suit him well because I never saw him hit anybody ever since he's been here. Okay, okay. But honestly, he looks great. I, like If they announced that shockingly, surprisingly, he's actually ready to go and is going to play, like, he would fit in just fine. Um, yes, but it doesn't mean that the lineup would have to change drastically, Eric, because I'm going to give an example. Well, could, it could. He could, it go, could he could it, go in and Evans could come out. 
Yeah, or but no, there's a numbers game, and it could lead to Yalone and actually finding himself on waivers at some point, and it could lead to Monahan suddenly moving out of the middle. Um, it can and, and playing on the wing on an even lower line or somebody but, else, but it can down and moving up. But it can also lead to him replacing Evans. It could, but you still would have fourteen forwards instead of thirteen. Personally, me. Knowing Jake Evans's medical history and the injuries that he's had, I would not risk losing Yelonen to keep Evans here. Well, you're not going to wave Evans. Well, I there's understand teams, that, there's teams out there that could use a player of his profile. That's fine. Owen Beck will take a spot next year anyway, like, like Edmonton. Um, uh, honestly, I we'll see. We'll we'll see where it all goes. Okay. And we'll see how Christian Dvorak fits from a cap perspective because, you know, that picture is a little bit – we're not going to – we shouldn't even go into that on a podcast because it's boring as shit. But honestly, like, there are some implications there. I, I, I hear you. Let's bring up the defense. Why don't we do that? I think everyone's surprised about one change that happened there. Uh, Jordan Harris at right D? No, Norlander going down. Oh, okay, got it. You thought he was going to start the season with the Canadians? I think most people thought he was going to start the season with the Canadians, and I think most people assumed he had vaulted over Barron in the depth chart. And one of the things I tweeted today is, look, if you believe that, mm-hmm. if you believe he belongs here more than Barron does, mm-hmm. there's no point having him sit and watch the games instead of playing in them so that when he does eventually get his call, he's he's ready to play. You know? Number seven's a really ugly spot to be in, like you said, because... You're better off being in the top four in the American Hockey League than being a seven in the National Hockey League. Yes, you have the benefit of practicing versus NHL players, which is great. But you know what? Practicing is studying, and playing the games is taking the exam. And you can't study all the time. Every now and then, you got to take the exam. Can we talk about Barron for a second? Let's um, talk about Barron for a second. So this this did not make my interview with St. Louis, which will come out tomorrow, so I have no issue sharing it. He really fought back against the notion that Barron didn't have a good camp, and I, I should—I didn't bring it up like, "Oh, Barron had a pretty bad camp." I can't believe mm-hmm. he's still here. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought it up to say, you know, there's there seems to be a certain confidence lacking with the puck, um, but maybe that'll be alleviated with the relief of making the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things that Marty said is, you know, everybody is so quick to focus on the negative and specifically what they see when a negative happens with a player with the puck. I'm watching so much more than that and so much further away from that that most people don't see. And he said, honestly, JB had a good camp. Like, well, a lot of things that I liked about what JB was doing in terms of our concepts, our connection, the way we like to play, the movement on the ice and where you need to be, that... You guys will focus on what you see when he gets a touch of the puck versus all the things he was doing to put himself in those positions and the things he was doing mm-hmm. in other ends. Now, look, do I fully agree? There's there's things that I liked about Barron's camp. There's things that clearly signified to me that I don't think his confidence was quite where Nordling mm-hmm. was. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but Eric, everything you said is noted, and everything Marty St. Louis said is noted. Yeah, but I have a question for you. Did Marty St. Louis just come out and tell you that anybody on his team had a bad camp? He didn't. Th- he honestly really didn't think anybody did. And well, you know, what, if Tony? he did, I don't think he'd tell he, you that. 
but you know what? We had such an earnest conversation that like, I, I think he truly believes that. Um, the other thing is, and we'll see what it ends up being on Wednesday. But when he was asked today if it's Baron or Harris playing with Jack Eye, he said he didn't know yet. I don't know if that was just posturing. He also said he doesn't know who's starting the first game as a goaltender. I don't think he's going to reveal much of anything uh, beyond what he has to reveal. To I believe him, by the way. Ready. I believe him, by the way. Well, if you believe him about that, then you could believe him saying that he doesn't believe anybody. No, I, I believe the goalie thing. I think I think Jordan Harris is going to start on the third pairing defense with Jack Eye. So do I. I, b- I believe him on the goalie thing. Because I think Sam Montombo is going to start game one. Oh, perfect. So I, I I will say this, and I wouldn't have. But a he problem. wouldn't confirm it. He would not confirm. I it. wouldn't have a problem if he does because Montembeau yes last year proved to be the better goalie than Jake Allen, or at least the player that the goalie that played better. Okay, Montembeau had a terrible camp. No, that's totally hyperbolic, and I wouldn't agree with that. It's hyper. Eric, you let in three goals from Plattsburgh. Tony, I was at every practice and every game, so I. Well, I'm I, glad you're at every practice. Well, not I'm not, about, not I'm not talking actually, about the, not, the not every season. game, but well, I'm not talking about the stops he's making in practice, well, then you Eric. Can't because say I mean, a terrible like, camp. Like, yeah, come on. Like, so Montembeau had a good camp. Is that what you're telling me? Or no, but I'm not gonna. I'm. I no. I, I did he have a good camp? Was he at the same level that he was backstopping Team Canada or the way he finished the season with the Canadians? I don't think we saw that necessarily, but I don't think he had a terrible camp. I don't think we saw that necessarily, Eric? Jeez. Okay, let me put it another way. Both him him and Jake Allen, every game they played, if we're just talking about the preseason, you said camp. Camp is a lot wider than just Hmm. preseason. But if we're just talking about the preseason... Every game that him and Jake Allen played, yeah. both of them let in a pretty terrible goal in yeah. each one. Yeah, Eric uh, Allen's first goal the other night he gave up was an awful goal. But both but of them, on, but he stood but, on his head after. But but that's both of them fought back hard. Both of them still like Sam's game against Ottawa. He let in a terrible goal where he just kind of just let out a, a soft rebound into Jordan Harris's skate and mm-hmm. couldn't field it and boom, the puck's behind him and all of a sudden Ottawa's leading a game that they should be completely out of. Like, he stopped a breakaway after that, I think. Uh, like, he, he bounced back. Let's see what he does when it matters. Like, I think he has earned a bit of benefit of the doubt in terms of the body of work over the last year. Mm-hmm. I'm not concerned about what we saw in camp you called it terrible i'm not i, I'm not, I think it, i, I wouldn't think it, use that word at all and i'm definitely not concerned about it okay did he have a bad camp no no he didn't i, I don't know what else to say what do you want me to tell you i don't agree i don't know what to tell you well i know you don't you made a good stop in maybe practice. you made maybe, that clear. and maybe, maybe i'll maybe i'll be proven wrong if jake allen's in the net on the, for the opening game and, and once we, again I, we're I talking, think we both yeah, agree right? I think we both agree yeah. that it's Montembeau's job to lose. A hundred percent. If he's lost it based on his camp, which you qualify as terrible and I don't, yeah, we'll, we'll find out come Wednesday. I, I don't think he's lost it because of camp. Uh, first game of the season in Toronto versus a stacked Leafs team. I believe Marty St. Louis, when he says he's not sure who's going to start the season, uh, and I think it has to do with first game, Leafs and camp, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Montembeau, like Montembeau, I think you have to say right now is the number one, 
but it doesn't mean that he's not the number one. I don't think if he starts the first game in Toronto, I think, you know, St. Louis might give him a little bit of time. Really? To, yeah. I don't think so. Today, no. two game season, man. Okay. I think Jordan Harris is playing the first game and I think yeah. so is Sam Montembeau because I believe it is his job to lose. And I don't think he's lost it yet. And I think if Jake Allen starts the first game of the season, I think that would be a pretty big red flag that they're concerned about Montembeau and the showing that he had, much more so than I was. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Then again, you're probably right. Maybe camp absolutely means nothing because I think Caden Primo was. I'm not saying it means nothing. I'm just well, I know, but I don't, no, agree, I don't me, agree that it was terrible. No, let me finish. I don't even point. agree that it was bad. I, I, okay. Man, are we disagreeing now? Let, let me, let, let me say, it is good, actually. It's great for the podcast. Let me say this. I think. Uh, Primo, see, I qualified his camp as, I think Primo's camp was the least bad out of all of them, but definitely nowhere near good enough to, you know, to change anything in terms of who's number one and who's number two. Nowhere good enough. But good enough to be protected and good enough to, to stay to start I mean, the season. He, here. he would have had to have been unbelievable to emerge yeah. in that conversation, which yeah. is a pretty hard thing to do when you're playing with half an NHL roster, half an AHL roster, and some guys going to junior. So, I mean, you take it with a grain of salt. And that's kind of how I take the goaltending performances in general. And maybe that's why we have different views and lenses of how we saw those performances in camp. I agree. Both guys who are supposed to be the one, two of the Canadians let in some goals that would make you scratch your head and say, oh, I don't know about that. But I think both of them battled and competed. And and I don't, yeah, I'm not, not particularly concerned about either of them, to be honest. Yeah, well, uh, once again, we said what we had to say. We're, we definitely don't agree, and that's okay. Now, um, are you surprised that Primo's starting? In terms of starting the season in Montreal with the Canadians, no. they predicted the, and no. they started with three goalies. Not even a little. It's Me, it neither was, am I. It's the smartest thing they could possibly do, and I'm going to tell you why. If they think there's a one percent chance that they waive Primo and he's claimed, yep, they can't make that move. I agree with you. With you know we why? Finally, we finally agree with each other. It's who the hell? Who the hell else do they have to call if somebody goes down to injury? Like. Jacob Dobish is making his professional debut this year. Yes. They well, let go of a couple some, of veterans. Some will get, some will get excited like, and they'll say that Dobish is the number one in Laval. But I say this. They're still, they've turned the corner on the rebuild. But if they had to give a word, they're still in rebuild mode. But they've turned the corner. Okay. There's no urgency to even take a chance of putting a prospect. And I'm still going to call him a prospect. He's 23 or 24 or whatever he is. Caden Primo um, through waivers with the chance of getting picked up. I mean, there's no reason to do it. They bought themselves time. They bought themselves time here. Yeah. And a lot can happen in the next three weeks. Goaltending market could develop very quickly if we see around the NHL what we saw last year. Vegas went through seven goalies on their way to a cup. Is that what happened? Seven or eight? Like, that's the league now. Yeah, and, and you know there isn't a market right now for Jake Allen at three point eight million dollars this year and next year on the cap, but that could change real fast. There isn't a market for Caden Primo, but someone out there, Tampa, whoever, anybody else actually mm-hmm. could be saying we can get that guy for free. Like if we suffer an injury, we're 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 one injury away from not having a guy like that. 
that's the same position the Canadians are in, and they have to treat it that way. And that's why there was zero surprise about yeah. them carrying Primo with them. It was what was what I was suggesting from before camp started, and what I maintained throughout yeah. camp because I knew, you know, you just can't you can't manage the assets that way. We we got a couple of minutes. Very much appreciate your time. I want to go back to Matthias Norlander if we can. Sure. Uh, because a lot of people thought, hey, you know what? He may have won a spot here in Montreal. And I know you said what Marty said about Justin Barron, that he didn't necessarily think that Barron had a bad camp because he didn't want to go that far. I'll say this. Uh, and, and this is hypothetical. We'll never know the answer to this question. Maybe Marty knows. If Matthias Norlander is a right-handed shot, he starts the season with the Canadians, in my opinion. It's an interesting one. Based on his camp. Um, it's an interesting one. Right. Because he's a but young maybe, player. He's a young player. Maybe, he's going to make the jump to the National Hockey League. They're not going to have him playing his off. You again, know? Maybe maybe they liked his camp better than Barron's, and that's the exact reason why he's going down. Because like you said, being the seventh guy sucks. It sucks. Usually you give it to a veteran yeah. or a player who is somewhat limited and has reached their full ceiling. How like, old is Matthias Norlander, by the way? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Norlander is is what? He's 23, I think? Oh, no, what were you about to say? We'll get into that in a second. No, I, I was going to say that based on the forwards, like Pizzetta would probably be, Norlander is 23, by the way. I just looked it up, April 12, 2000. Okay. But based on the forwards, you would think that Pizzetta would be, could be the 13, because even though we've seen some improvement in his shot, uh, you know, he's, he's close to his ceiling. Like, I don't think he's going to become much, much better. But I already see in camp that he's a better player this year than he was last year. Yeah. So I'll say that. And he's I, a perfect and he's a perfect guy to be the thirteenth because you can wait and rotate him in when you when you need. Yeah. Him. And he's and he's happy to be there. And he's a great team guy. And you know what? Well, he won't be. He won't be happy about being number thirteen. But you know that's his spot for now, and he'll have to fight like he always has. I mean. There's not a lot of people who expected Mike Pizzetta to be an NHL player at this stage. Yeah, that was a heck of a shot the other night. eh? I, You know what? Mm. The shot was great. Yeah. The read he made to put himself in a spot where he would have that open of a look. Yeah. Suggests he's an improved player. He's becoming a better player under Marty St. Louis. That's what I liked about that. Anyways, I was going to make a point about Norlander. Do so, and then I'll make one point about St. Louis, and then we could say goodnight. Norlander is 23. Yep. When he was 21, he came to Canadians camp, started to play games in the NHL uh, because he was kept around. He had an injury, and then he got a look. Hmm. And Canadians fans were looking at that guy and saying, holy shit, what happened to this guy? He was lighting it up in Sweden and yeah. like he does not look anywhere remotely close to playing here. And then he shows up at camp last year, doesn't have the confidence to do what he did this year, mm-hmm. doesn't have quite the work ethic or the ability to bring his skill out. And people are saying, well, he's fallen so far off the map here that it's probably never going to happen for him. Yeah, And now they're upset that he's not on the team over Justin Barron. Who is how old? Twenty-one, uh, I think. Yeah, like just barely twenty-one. Yeah, I think he's twenty-one. Everybody breathe. It takes time, especially at defense, especially at goaltender. 
Don't write players yeah. off. 21, he'll be 22 in a month. Don't don't write players off so fast because the next thing you know, you'll be begging for them to be on the team. In ending, Marty St. Louis, you could because you just said something about Pizzetta. When I said, did you see a shot? And you said, did you see the read for him to put himself in the position that he put himself to get that shot away? Marty St. Louis said something on Auntie Sham tonight. Uh, RDS is Auntie Sham. You see, he must have been. You must have been inspired by whatever we talked about earlier today. But you, you see, when when I'm going to talk about someone doing an interview or and stuff like that, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the network, uh-huh. and I'm gonna talk about the show, and uh, and I'm I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. I heard I'm you not, love Sportsnet, by the way. I, heard you're a big I, I love Sportsnet. I love yeah. Sportsnet very much. Uh, I love Sportsnet. Uh, I love RDS. I love everyone. I love them a lot more than uh, than them. You know, somebody loves me. But anyway. <laughs> Be, yeah, because I'd, I'd love to hear them give me credit every now and then when I break a scoop out of my basement, but that would be too noble to do. All right, okay. Uh, in ending, Marty St. Louis said something on RDS's Auntie Champ tonight when he said, I can't teach Cole Caulfield how to shoot a puck, but I could teach Cole Caulfield how to read certain situations and go to areas where goals are scored because I think he'll have a better chance from there. And those are some of the things I'm working on with the players. And it's so simple, but it makes so much sense. And great players, Eric, they have a way to make things so simple for people to understand, and they make the game simple. It's uh, it's it's completely something else. But David Beckham did an interview the other day. I just watched that whole series, by the way, with with Emily, and it was phenomenal. I haven't watched it yet. My wife started watching really it before good. me, and I told her I'm going to start watching it tomorrow. But David really Beckham, good. she's listening yeah. and giving me the thumbs up. You know, she's a big fan, right? Oh, thank you, Emily. I love yeah. you. <laughs> David Beckham said something the other day. I forget who he said it to, but he said um, he said Lionel Messi's been so amazing for the whole club. And especially the academy players, because one day, you know, last week we had an academy player who was doing who was doing really well, and he asked Messi, "Can you give me some advice?" And then Messi said, "Yes, you need to walk more on the field." And the player said, "Why?" He said, "So you can see more." It's so simple, it's so smart, and it's so just appropriate. Marty St. Louis says on RDS's Auntie Sham, I can't teach Cole Caulfield how to shoot the puck, but I can teach him where to go, how to read, where to go, where more goals are scored from. And he said, there's players that have amazing shots over the history of the National Hockey League, but they have a hard time getting open. And what do they keep on doing in practice? They keep on working on their shot, but their shot's already amazing. They should work on different ways of trying to get open. Anyway, I love Marty St. Louis. You know, I know that. And even though I are going to agree to disagree, I know, you know, I love you too. Okay. You too, buddy. Yeah. Just my last point on the one you just made, because it's obviously going to be featured in what what I sat down and spoke with Marty about too. Yeah. The thing that I respect about Marty is that mentality that he has about Caulfield. He's applying that 
just the same to Michael Pizzetta. They have different skill sets and different abilities. But he is teaching everybody on this team how to take advantage of space and put yourselves in positions where you can do more than what is expected of you. Mm -hmm. That's good coaching. And because Eric put it out there on social media already, and I saw it, and I'm not giving anything away, Eric also asks Marty St. Louis about his assistant coaches who are in the final year of their contract and what's going to happen with them. All that and more coming out in Eric's article on Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca tomorrow on his one-on-one sit-down with Montreal Canadiens head coach, Martin St. Louis. Have a good night, Mr. Engels. Once again, hello to Emily. Ciao. I will tell her. All right. There you go. Okay. There you have it. Uh, I think it's one of the first times that we've uh, disagreed the way we disagreed. I mean, he felt pretty strongly about his position. I felt pretty strongly about mine. And I'm actually hoping that this year, very respectfully, there could be a little bit more disagreeing. So here we go. The season is about to start in a couple of days. And uh, already a disagreement in uh, of opinion in show number one, and maybe even a disagreement of opinion in show number two. Speaking of which, guess who's going to be on the show tomorrow? Actually, tomorrow, I have two guests that are going to join me. Two guests that are going to join me. So one's going to do the first half. And one's going to do the second half. Who's in at master control? Is Sammy there? Sammy, are you alone? Are you with somebody? Come up. Come up on the screen, Sammy. What's happening? What's going on? How are you? Sammy Daniello. What's going on? Uh, Did you have your Thanksgiving supper at your house? Yep. Still full. Your guest, the the house is still full? No, no. They just left. Uh, Okay. Listen. So tomorrow night. We're going to have two guests that are going to join us, okay? Yep. Yep. One in the first 30 minutes and one in the second 30 minutes. If, can we do something? If, can we get the first one to decide on which combo it'll be and we'll give them a prize? Can we do that? But do you want to give them the names or they have to guess the names? No, they have to. Well, if I'm going to give them the names, what, no, what competition yeah. are we doing? MOC2. I know, but you're going to have to give them like, a, Hold on, hold on. What I mean, you're going to have to give them a clue. No, they are. They are. Well, I'm going to have to give them a clue. Oh, yeah, I, I, okay, so I would say that uh, one appeared on the Sick Podcast last year, and one did not. But the one that did not is used to talking about the Montreal Canadiens. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. Now, what I'm going to do. Do we have a prize here or what? We can give them some gear. We can give them some gear? Yeah, some gear. Buddy, okay. hats, whatever they want. Okay, so why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Do you want to do it on, uh, or do you have an eye on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, or you want to just do it on YouTube? What do you want to do here? Just do which one? YouTube and Facebook tonight. YouTube and Facebook tonight, okay. As we see the comments. Okay, so I have just texted you the names of the two guests who have already confirmed for tomorrow. Okay, I just texted that inside our internal group chat. Did you see that? Yeah. Very, very good. Perfect. So now I'm going to read out what I'm getting 
uh, on uh, so far. I said uh, on YouTube. Right. All right. Nobody's right yet. Nobody's right yet. Nope. <clears throat> okay. So I'm seeing here. Okay. Hold on a second. Let me get up to speed here. Uh, button and Mapper. No. Nylon and Domi. Button and Snake. Button and Gordon. PJ Stock and GSP. Button and Brian Wild. Lappy and Tender. Everybody's saying Button because you already said Button was coming on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not button. Nope. Button. So I'll just say this: button is not one of the two. That's right. Okay. But does he so, work at the same station? But Agnello, why don't you just end up telling them? Like, what are you doing, Agnello? I'm asking you. I don't know. No, no, but what are you doing? You're asking me. No. You're trying to pull a fast one here. Even if you give them the station, they still won't guess it. See, look. Yeah. They, they still won't get it. Juan Pique, Norma Flynn, Flynn no, no, no. Brian, Gonzo and JC, Gordon and LeBron, Bush and Trump, maybe. Oh, someone, uh, someone just got one. No, oh yeah, someone just got one. Yep, you got. We don't. Say it. We don't have the combination though yet, do we? No, but you got to say it so he has it, so people can combine with it. And yellow, why don't I just give it away? <laughs> TSN's Mike Johnson will make his debut on the Sick Podcast tomorrow night. TSN's Mike Johnson will make his debut. I'm giving you one of the two. That's big. One of the two. He's excellent. He's absolutely fantastic. Yes, Matt Drummer says, Matt I said Drummer that first. Said you did, but I'm asking for two. I'm asking for two. And so far, we don't have them. No, no, close, oh, close. No, no, close. Okay, give me a hint. I just saw the second name come out, but it's the wrong combination that somebody has. No, that's not the right name. All right, the hint is the other guest is also a former National Hockey League player. So it's two former NHLers. And somebody said it in the chat, I think, right? Two former NHL players. Go down, Sammy. I think somebody's put it in the chat. There we go. Mark Smith Duquette. Mark Where? Smith Duquette yeah. is the first one. Yeah, that's it. Mike Johnson it. and Philippe Boucher. Yeah. Write down that name. No, tell them, face. send us an email at info at the sickpodcast.com. Yeah, how do you know it's him? He's going to have to put a picture of his driver's yeah, license. Yeah, we asked him for a driver's license. Mark Smith Duquette, send an email at info at thesickpodcast.com. Info at thesickpodcast.com. Put a picture of your email address and then put... Um, your license. Oh, <laughs> he just got back to us. He's 16 years old. He doesn't have a driver's license. <laughs> put a picture of your Medicare card to prove it's you. And then put your shirt size and uh, your address and stuff like that, and we're going to send you some gear. Okay? 16 years old. Why is he still up? And yellow, it's 10.53 p.m. <laughs> it's not 3 o'clock in the morning. What's wrong with you? <laughs> All right. Okay. So That's not Mark the right Smith, answer. Mark Smith, Mark Smith Duquette. He's up because he's watching the sick podcast. That's right. That's, That's why answer. he's up. Mark Smith Duquette. Send us an email, info at thesickpodcast.com.
uh, put a picture of your Medicare card and the put your shirt size, and we're going to send you some gear to dress you up. Well, we're going to send you some gear. Amazing. By the way, did you put up all the pictures that we took with people at the IGA? No, no, if we send them to the sponsor first, they'll be up tomorrow. Oh, you said that to the sponsor first, they're going to be up tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe we're going to show some of those pictures on the sick podcast tomorrow night. Or yeah, what? We, will. we will. Yeah, we will. That was a great event. All right. Okay. So now, um, I think we're ready to announce uh, who our collaborators are going to be during the hockey season. You want to do that? Or you want to do it on social media in yellow? Whatever you want to do. Sammy? I think people already have a pretty good idea. We can do it now and do it on social media yeah. tomorrow. We can still do the same I thing. Think, yeah, we should do it on social media tomorrow. We should do it on social media tomorrow? Yeah. Okay, so we'll do it. We'll come watch you tomorrow. Then we'll announce it tomorrow at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, look, I once again, I think I think great, we great lineup. We uh we just told you that uh, Mike Johnson is going to be on tomorrow, and uh, we also told you last week that uh, Craig Button was uh, is going to be with us as well. So, um, uh, at the very least, Craig Button and Mike Johnson will be joining us this season on the Sick Podcast, and we look very much forward to welcoming them. And they're they're going to be great. Uh, if we ask them, it's because we know they're great and they're going to be great. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Okay. Um, Marty St. Louis, we got a couple of audio clips from earlier today. Why don't you play them? And then I'll react. And by the way, Agnello, ask me anything here. So if people want to ask me anything, last couple of minutes of the show, you just bring up the questions and they can ask me anything. All right, okay. To put up the audio, Marty St. Louis. I'm working on the power play today. Obviously, it needs to get better. Where specifically is it going to get better, do you think? Um, probably more than anything, just getting results. Because I think we, like, we've showed some really good glimpse of, like, wow, this looks good, you know? And it's the consistency of... of of, of getting the chances. I felt we, we had plenty against Ottawa. Um, and for us, it's just, uh, you know, to keep getting some reps and teaching a little bit of the, you know, how to break the opponents and what's our, you know, how, the way we're designing the power play, what's our, what's our point of a cap? What, what's, the, what's the sequence of what we're looking for, you know, to have a plan, and we're, and we're working on that. I do imagine if I'm wrong, but on power play two, that Marlon was, was maybe an option mm-hmm. to be there. If you gone with Chattai, what kind of qualities do you see in Arbor that he could develop? Into that? Well, I think he's a shot, you know. Um, I think he doesn't take uh, – it's heavy, and, it, and it's not just a slap shot. He's got a heavy wrister that it, it, it's quick off his stick, and he's able to get it through, um, you know, and anticipating Jocko to be in the lineup. Uh, you know, we, we want to make sure that, you know, he gets some reps and be that guy. So, you know, uh, pretty much asked about the power play, of course, which is under Alex Burroughs' responsibility. But earlier today at practice, Marty St. Louis seemed to be taking control to the point where so many, you know, some people were asking themselves whether or not Marty St. Louis has taken over the power play. Uh, But, you know, he just wants it to be a less predictable power play. He wants it to have a lot of momentum and stick with it and basically to do sequences and to do the same things all the time, but just keep on getting better at them. More audio from Montreal Canadiens coach Martin Saint-Louis. Josh Anderson had a great camp, deserves to be in the spot that he started the season in. What might make him 
different on that line than what we've seen in the past? What what has evolved in his game that could make him an even better fit with those two guys than he maybe was in the past? I think his is his work off the puck and understanding the balance we need on the ice, that he can't just skate where he wants to skate. He needs to go where the game needs him to go. I think it's it's I've seen that progression uh, you know, last year and then this year. And, you know, it's I know he's got a lot of speed, but it's how you use your speed. And it seems like Andy just gets a lot of breakaways. Like, I feel like second half of last year, like he was getting tons of breakaway. This year, again, like he's just, I think he's, 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 you know, for a big guy, it's got a lot of speed. You know, he's, he's, he's finally realized how to use it, when to use it. And, uh, you know, and, and understands the balance on the ice with his other two teammates uh, better probably than he has in the past. And um, he's a big time player for us. All right, there you have it. Uh, Eric and I talked about it before on um, Josh Anderson. What impressed him the most? He talked about his speed. He talked about his ability to break away uh, that in the second half of the season last year, getting more breakaways than he did as the season went on. But just some of the reads that he's making uh, and, and, and the way he's reading the game, much improvement there. And that, you know, after 14 months with Marty St. Louis at the helm. A little bit more audio. Yesterday before he was placed on waivers? Or, yep. Yeah. Uh, can you, I know you went through waivers once yourself. Can you sort yeah. of relate to what he's maybe going through? Yeah. Oh, it's hard. You know, it's hard. And I think, uh, especially the way the game is now, uh, there's a lot of calculated decision, probably more these days than they were when um, when I when I was put on waivers. Uh, but it's still, uh, it's not a great feeling, you know, but. You know, you have to understand that your window to being a professional athlete is so small and that your life after hockey is going to be much longer and you don't get do-overs. So you got to stay in the moment and get after it. There you have it on uh, Joel Armia. You got to stay in the moment. You have to get after it. It's hard. You had a good career so far, but you know what? You got to stay in the moment and you got to get, and, and Joel Armia did not get after it. And that's the problem. Um, let me see if I can read some uh, some questions. You can basically pretty much ask me anything. Uh, Vinny Pioli, Tony, do you think Montreal is tough enough in the East with Philly, Carolina, uh, et cetera? Um, what are we talking about in terms of tough? Um, what are we talking about in terms of tough? Tough, tough. Tough as a matchup. Tough in terms of tough, tough. Uh, either or uh, Montreal, they're... Um, they're not tough, tough, but they're not soft, soft either. There was a question about the beer. Did I just see a question about the beer? Let me see. I think it was, which one is my favorite uh, bit to TV beer? Uh, Dreams of Silver Seasons. Which bit to TV do you prefer? Well, I take a look at this one here, and uh, I like the uh, the one that I prefer the most is the uh, the Blonde Lager, 5% alcohol. I'm pointing at it right here. The Blonde Lager, out of all of them, is the one that I prefer the most. They're all good, but that one there is my favorite. Other questions? You think Yolonen would get claimed if he was put on waivers from Mark Mastro? Yes, I do. He's got an attractive contract. Others coming up. How many wins and losses in the first 20 games? And Yellow, don't bring that up. I'd have to take a look at the schedule in order to answer that. I don't have that schedule up here just yet. 
So you know what? Next time I get, well, if you want here, I'll get the schedule up. All right, okay. Why don't I do that? I get the schedule up. He wants me to guess without even looking at the schedule. I, I don't understand this guy. Really, I don't. I'm on the verge of firing him. I would if he wasn't the owner of the company. Uh, at Toronto versus Chicago. Okay. Uh, split, Minnesota, Washington. Split, uh, Buffalo, New Jersey. Uh, Columbus, Winnipeg. Okay, split, and then Tampa Bay. So I think in the first two, four, six, eight, nine games of the seasons, the first nine games of the season, the month of October, uh, the Montreal Canadiens will go four and five. Four wins and five losses. That's my prediction. Others coming in, one more maybe, and then we call it a night. Tony, do you see Slav playing the whole season with the big club? This coming in from Mario Giovanniti. I definitely do. I don't see the Montreal Canadiens sending Uri Slavkowski down to the American Hockey League playing with Laval. If that was their plan for him, they would have done it already last year. I just, I, I don't see it. I really don't. And Yellow, if you want, you can put another one up or else, you know, I'm making my way uh, to my spa. Pasta or... What 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 is it? What, what are we talking here? What are, what are we talking here? We're we're talking uh, we're we're talking noodles or what? What 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 are we talking here? We went from talking sports to talking noodles or what? Pasta, pasta over noodles. Come on. What else here? What else? Next, where does my use sit on the call up list this year when there are injuries? Uh, if it's a right-handed defenseman, he's going to be the first one to get called up. That goes down. If it's a left-handed defenseman, the first defenseman to get called up is going to be Norlinder. One more. Still can't understand why Byron was Byron was chosen over Norlinder. Why? Because at right D, they have Savard, they have Kovacevic, and then they have Barron. That's it. If Norlander was a right D instead of a left D, it would have been Norlander, who can definitely play the power play better than Barron can play. On that note, we'll talk to you again tomorrow night. Same time, same place. The season starts Wednesday in Toronto. I'll give you more predictions if you want tomorrow. I'll give you some more even on Wednesday. It's not because it's going to be the first game of the season. We can't give you predictions. It's going to be a very, very long season. It's going to be a very fun season. Um, we're going to let you know on what uh, who our collaborators are and what the shows are going to look like. We're going to have a, some exciting new features, uh, I, and I think we're going to have a little bit. I think the studio is going to surprise you a little bit too because it's going to be a little bit different. On that note, for Yellow, Sammy, Juliana, and Master Control, they're Cavallaro. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, driven to be different. La Vida TV, embrace your true nature, and Playground, your premier gaming destination.